Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. All coming off the high that was the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Watching the players weirdly eat the mascot. Watching really only the mascot instead of NC State or any other team that was in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. We were basically just watching the mascot right after watching the Mayo mascot with the hairy eyebrows. And now we're transitioning <laughs> into Tony the Tiger mascot territory. It is bowl season through and through. Right before we get to the college football playoff, we'll have plenty of breakdown for you on that today. Carolina Panthers heading into the weekend, one of the last couple games of the season. Game day dubs about to take place. Top 10 players. Wes tells you it's your favorite. Every single promo you hear coming into a Friday. It's a nice little uh, football Friday. And as we've been doing the spirit of the last couple of shows here, the final football Friday of 2023. Are you excited? I definitely am. I'm super excited for the playoffs, my wings, my menu. All of that is going to be going down. So, yeah, safe to say uh, the college football playoffs, for better or for worse, are definitely uh, one of my favorite days of the year from a sports perspective. I'm going to steal this question for content that Smoke asked you as we were transitioning into the studio. He asked you how jealous you were that you weren't able to play in a Pop-Tarts Bowl when you were in college. (laughs) I would imagine that would be high on your list of things you would like to have achieved. Yeah, it definitely would have been. You know, uh, one of our favorite drops here that I always think about Pop-Tarts, so to have a giant (laughs) one that's uh, that's eligible to be eaten, I would have definitely tried to get to a first before everybody breathed on. But I do think about Pop-Tarts a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would have tried to get to it before everybody breathed and touched on it and stuff like that. But, is, uh, is this okay? Like, out of all the wild bowl things that we've seen, is it fair to say that this is among the top five oh, just of no the festivities? no question at all. No question at all. We've never had a live edible mascot in a game. I don't think so, unless you want to count the oranges that people throw down when you get to the orange bowl, maybe But that. they don't eat the mascot, yeah, right? They so don't eat the act- mascot. They're actually eating oranges. If it, it would be like if they were just eating Pop-Tarts while the Pop-Tart mascot was celebrating in the background. But no, he himself was having his costume eaten, which is what they promised us. But also Roger Sherman, who's been used to work for the ringer, he's been doing this whole college football road trip. He spent the entire year, if you don't know, Roger Sherman has spent this entire season going to a million different college football games all year. He's lived on the road. Is that the guy they showed on TV? Maybe. I think it is. Maybe. So he's he's just gone all over the place. He's doing a couple of bowl games. I think he's going to get 50 games under his belt once it's all said and done. I think that's right. He did go to the Mayo Bowl, too. So he's been going all over the place. And Roger was pointing out, wait, when he put it, when he put that picture of one of the players eating the Pop-Tart mascot, he said, wait, I just now realized that he's actually biting a piece of the Pop-Tart where the guy's breathe hole is. <laughs> <laughs> so think about the football player eating your costume, but he's mouth to face and you're behind a cage of sorts. Yeah, man. It's equivalent to being in a shark cage where all these hungry predators are coming at you and you just 
think you're safe in this costume, but really, are you? You're not. It doesn't look like you are. I can't get enough of that thing. I thought it was hilarious. He was so happy. One of the better entrances I've ever seen with him coming out of the toaster like that. Yeah. Popping up. Absolutely. And they had some great stuff up there in the the press box, too. I saw somebody's story showing all of the available eats up there. I mean, it was phenomenal. Um, Big Chris from Shelby said, who was that cat that said he gets horny when he sees a chocolate Pop-Tart? I don't know that. I did not know that was a thing. Uh, That was me. You said that, Fiddy? Yeah. I should have known. I mean, you know who it was. Nobody else on this set what? would say something like that. He said, yo, who was that cat that said he liked Pop-Tarts that much? And of course it's Fiddy. I thought this was on the broadcast, but no, it was just in the replacement show. How are you doing, Fiddy, with another show that you and Flounder and Smoke, Shroppy, all you guys had to make? Oh, man. You know, it was it was good. I now see what you deal with having to deal with me. An annoying-ass board op. Mm. <laughs> Because, dude, Shroppy was just all-time bad. I mean, we might have to take away Shroppy's proppies today because he got too much airtime from 10 to 12. Man, he pulling a damn move on him. He's taking stuff away. Consequences. You, you grounding him? Yeah. You're grounding Shroppy? I like how you are self-aware enough to know that I deal with that and Wes deals with that. Yeah, I mean, I like but you were apologizing the for The things it. that I want to talk about, people actually want to hear. I mean, Shroppy's begging for airtime. Talk about hockey. When in reality, no one gives a damn. I heard him be paranoid, like another board op I know from time to time. I know he was asking to just give a prediction on the Panthers game, and you wouldn't let him do it to end the show. I told him board ops aren't allowed to make predictions. <laughs> what? Why are you so mean? Like, you get you get the, the microphone, and then you become this tyrant on air. Do I get to make predictions on the air? Yeah, we ask you every ask single you all kind yes, of stuff. What? Man. Here he goes, though. Here he goes, right. reverse psychology. Oh, I know. Oh, what what a problem. All right, let's get some of your thoughts. Let's get some of your thoughts again here, Fiddy, if you would like to share them, because we always welcome your analysis. At, maybe not always, but at certain times, we welcome your analysis. Mr. Bus Driver, pull up to the scene, open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Final football Friday of 2023. Not many more games to go in the NFL season. It's been a long, brutal road to get here. But it's a little less brutal now. Bryce Young threw for 300 yards, threw for some nice passes. At the end of that game, we have a fourth quarter comeback now against the Atlanta Falcons. Game-winning drive to set up the field goal. And we also have a couple of drives here in this game, Wes, where you were so close. You were quite literally a second away from sending this game against Green Bay into overtime because of what was a pretty incredible comeback. I wrote them dead immediately as soon as they got up. What was it? 23-10, something like that. Mm -hmm. But Bryce Young was able to galvanize the troops and end up tying this football game, possibly again on what could have been a final field goal. It's a little less brutal now. How much of Bryce Young's performance the last couple of weeks actually gotten you excited again as a potential Panther fan that we all know you're becoming as you slowly <laughs> talk about them more? Yeah, more. Um, well, I always love to see rookies and how they're going to develop. And for Bryce Young, it's an intriguing story, to say the least, because of the obvious. He's the number one overall pick. Is he going to be the future franchise quarterback for this city that we haven't had since Cam Newton was here. And so you want to see how he's going to end the season. What type of character does he have? Does he have the resilience that you're looking for? And I think you're getting some of the answers to those questions. And I think this is a big week for him because he's got to follow up that performance because there is 
the word we love to use, that narrative out there that the Green Bay defense was more of the culprit for his performance than his actual performance. And I said yesterday we're not going to do that because the Panthers played against a lot of defenses that on paper looked like they should have had more success against them and they did not. And so for Bryce, this is going to be uh, a big week for him against a defense that's not that great. Again, for him to show that last week wasn't a fluke. Yeah, and also we, we went over it, Wes. You and I are on the same boat here. Watch the game instead of just looking at where the Packers rank defensively. Yeah. I'm not saying the Packers played well defensively. What I'm telling you is that Bryce Young made big-time throws where they weren't just blown coverages. There was the one throw to Tommy Tremble early on. Bryce Young absolutely missed a couple of guys early on to where, okay, great. He has a nice fourth-quarter comeback, but then he's going to start this game really slow, but then he finishes really strong. And so this is what we pay attention to with Bryce. He's putting together a couple of games before the season ends, and I would love to see it here against Jacksonville. Yeah, we actually do have something positive to talk about going into these games. There is some sort of excitement that we get to go in for this weekend. Text us on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610. How much more excited are you now that Bryce Young is starting to show signs of why he was the number one overall pick? I'm starting to get a little bit more excited. If he does it again, Wes, then, hey, that's great. Because now we have something real substantive. That's a hard word to say. I don't know why I go to it every I once like in a while. I like it, though. Now we have something real substantive to get to this offseason. Where, yeah, you're damn right we're going to be chewing on that thing all offseason long. What do we make of Bryce Young's last month of the regular season compared to what he did the first three quarters of the NFL season? Hopefully we can focus more on the latter. And I'm just telling you, get ready, strap on in, because we're going to be talking about the positives if he continues to show us what he did this last couple of games. Oh, yeah. It, the excitement is going to go up. And, and that's the thing kind of you want to end the season. When you're having the type of year that Carolina's having, you need something to hold on to instead of just going into the offseason with just just being downtrodden. You want to have something to hang your hat on. And I think Bryce Young continuing to develop it takes some of the sting, especially out of not having that first-round draft pick as well. That's going to be oh, yeah. another part to this. Oh, you yeah. know, it's, it's a huge part yeah, of this. If he, if he comes out the rest of the season and is ending the year hot, then fans aren't going to be sitting there so much saying, man, I wish we had that pick so we could get Drake May or that, that we could get Caleb Williams or anything like that. And So uh, there's a lot on Bryce, I think, in these next two games to continue to play well, especially from the perspective of himself and the fan base. Do you think the Charlotte Hornets can help us out at the end of the season like Bryce Young is? It's a long way to go. Mm. We're not too... If they can just get healthy. (laughs) You would love to see it. But they lost their ninth straight game last night to the Lakers on the road amidst this West Coast road trip, 133-112. to They have the Suns tonight. As you would imagine, the spread is pretty big gap between the two. I think it was 12-and-a-half going into this game. But now you're talking about second night of a back-to-back against another good basketball team across the country. Yeah, there's a reason that spread is over 15, Wes Bryant. 15 is the spread. That is a big old spread for a basketball game. But you understand why with the amount of injuries this Hornets team has suffered so far and with all of the other scenarios that are around them with the West Coast road trip and we all get the idea. I Look, honestly, for me, I think the last three games, the Hornets have been playing a lot better. I really do. 
the teams are just so much better than what they are. Yeah. Clippers are balling. James Harden looks like old James Harden again. You're talking about the Denver Nuggets, who are the reigning champs. And you're talking about the Lakers, who, yeah, they haven't been playing as well after the in-season tournament championship. But it's still LeBron. It's still Anthony Davis. And when your only line of defense at the rim is Nick Richards, who's playing a lot better? No hate at all, because I love what he's giving us. We just know what it is when Anthony Davis gets the ball down low. I look at the box score after watching last night, and this could not have gone any better for the Lakers. Wes, your bench did a lot of the work. LeBron goes in, plays 25 minutes, a nice little stroll in the park. Only had five points in the first half. Yeah, at 17, he finishes up with more of a facilitating game, dishes out 11 dimes. Anthony Davis, nice dunking game for him. <laughs> 26 points in 26 minutes. He gets to chill, he rests, and then you bring in the bench unit. They go for over 60. And so the third quarter defense was awful again. It's a problem. I do think overall the defense is a lot better. I think you saw it against the Clippers where they hit contested three-point shots. You saw it against the Nuggets. They only allowed 102 points to the Nuggets. The defense is actually starting to pick up quite a bit. It was the second half and specifically the third quarter as to what went so wrong for them against the Lakers. I think offensively, they're moving the basketball a lot more. 31 dimes, 29 dimes in the last two games, Wes, actually hit their three-point shots. They just can't marry good offense and good defense at the same time and that's the struggle against good teams like this where you have double digit deficits that you have to make up on the spreads yeah man i already expect you to lose and so maybe you can take away some moral victories but it's going to be tough to get any of these wins if you don't play good defense and offense at the same time that's not been happening yeah it's not going to i mean bryce and i were watching the game last night and we were like uh what did he say he said man Every shot the Lakers hit, he's like, yeah, they're not going to win tonight. And he's like, they're not going to win tomorrow either. No, they're not. But to your point, Walker, this team is 29th in defensive rating overall. But over the last three games, they're up to 11. So they are playing better defense. And so the thing is, you just get so frustrated. You want to see them at the height of their powers with everybody in the lineup. I mean, Cody Martin's back, but God, looking sake. pretty good. That's looking what I'm saying. Good. He's yeah. back. So now everybody else, to me, once he came back, you got no reason to sit on the bench anymore. Get your behind up Cody's and get back. in the game. Cody is back. If he can play, you can play. That's what I would say. It's been a long time. Also, tip of the cap to him, man. I really like what he did against the Clippers. I thought he was energized. Not a really big launching point, but he was able to slam it home after just like a one-step dunk, so the explosion is coming back. Maybe yeah, man leg syndrome, but also you're a little worried as to how that would be counteracted with the injury. But he looks pretty good. And he's, he's a much-needed addition for this team. Much-needed. Steve Clifford told you the same thing. Yeah. yeah. When you get a rotation player, a legitimate rotation player Two-way in the NBA, guy. especially with this team, it means a lot. Yeah, well, 3 and D, I should say. Yeah. Phoenix is probably not going to be a victory, though, tonight. I hate to say it. I would they're love a little it. dicey, too, though. I know. No, I don't are. think the Hornets will beat them, but still, no. they're, they're, they're not uh, insurmountable. You're right. You're right about that. That'll do it for a Charlotte Hornets recap and just seeing how excited you are, taking the pulse of Panther Nation on how excited you are about Carolina football right now with Bryce Young playing a little better. Let's continue to talk about the Panthers, the game day dubs, the who, what, where, when, why. Who is the quarterback you'd rather have long term? Trevor Lawrence or Bryce Young? Starting off hot. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. you again so you can answer on the Carolina men's clinic text line what quarterback would you rather have the rest of the way or maybe whatever kind of future sample size you want five years ten years right now whatever you want 704-570-9610 would you want Trevor Lawrence or Bryce Young on your football team Mint Hillbilly said Trevor Lawrence duh (laughs) I love that answer (laughs) BG wrote in on the text line if Bryce was on the Jags they'd be a 10-win team at this point in the season not a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and dive on in here. Wes, game day dubs right off the rip. What quarterback would you rather have the rest of the way? Number Ooh. one overall pick, Bryce Young. Uh-huh. Or number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence from a couple years back. Man, this is a uh, a very tough question. If you had to pick today, which quarterback would I rather embark upon in my franchise going forward? I mean, you know I'm a Trevor Lawrence guy. I, I love Trev, man. I would go with Trev. Um just from the fact that I think that we we talked about this yesterday, I think from his comment saying, you know, we don't even look like we practice. I think there's communication issues that he's been having with his receivers, hence some of the uh, interceptions that he's thrown this year. He's not without fault, though. You know, he'll have some head scratches uh, every now and again. But when you look at him, I mean, he's having his best season, according to PFF, with that 79.7 grade. And so this is a guy that's been steadily improving. I think if Christian Kirk were there, maybe the the touchdown interception ratio, maybe the stats look a little different. Maybe the offense looks a little bit different uh, out there as well because they've had a lot of injuries at that position. But the physical talent, everything's there. Now, has he been the transcendent quarterback that I thought that he was going to be? No. Has he been a little underwhelming to me from what I thought he was going to do? Because I really thought he was going to come in and rip the NFL up. I really did. He's played well, and he's gotten better gradually. But as far as just the tools, the skill set, everything you get from him, leadership, I mean, he's a consummate quarterback, consummate professional. Um, I would go with Bryce Young, even though I love Bryce Young and his potential and where he's headed. But I like Trevor Lawrence a little more. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to say it's a hard decision, I don't really think it's hard right now. I think I would go with Trevor Lawrence even still, even if I also believe in Bryce Young. But if we're talking about a guy in Trevor Lawrence who does get to the postseason last year, yes, with a little help from Brandon Staley does win a playoff game last year. So not even getting there. And remember what he was doing to Kansas city, Patrick Mahomes, they actually had to play some football in the second half in order to win that game against the Jags. And I think there's something to be said for that. You go back to last season, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, they go five and zero in order to go nine and eight and then end up in that postseason. And I think that's valuable experience. You look at what he did too, like over 4,000 yards already. He does have the size Trevor Lawrence hasn't done enough underwhelming, even though he's certainly done some, but there hasn't been enough of an underwhelming feeling for me to give up on Trevor or just say, Mm -hmm. nah, he's not ever going to be able to figure it out. 
No, it's not like some of these other guys. I will say, when a QB was tabbed as being generational, like Trevor Lawrence was, which is absolutely true, those guys always figured it out. The, the presses did not get that wrong. It, when you were John Elway, John Elway becomes a Hall of Famer. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning becomes a Hall of Famer. Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck, not a Hall of Famer, even though he's eligible now. Weird, because he just retired five years ago. One of the where were you kind of moments. Dang, he's been gone five years. I know, I know, it's crazy. Still remember where I was when that news was on the crawl of ESPN. Andrew Luck was still sweet out here, though. Like, I, I love Andrew Luck. I know a lot of people don't like him because, yeah, he didn't want to come out and play for Carolina. I get that. I get the old-fashioned fan base hate for somebody that didn't want to play for you. Very John Elway style with the Colts, by the way. Um, but Andrew Luck was really good. And I, it would have been interesting to see what he did. All that to say, Trevor has not completed what those other guys did. Those other guys also didn't have Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was a, just an awful decision to bring yes, in, in, in hindsight for sure. And I still think that there are enough tools and enough accuracy and enough of, of a production level for him to be a good QB. Again, what I hate about this question is usually we have to hate on the other side, and I don't want to do that. Like it, it didn't go Bryce's way for most of the year. We're hoping that he can end on a positive note. So that's the who. Fitty, do you want to share before you talk about how you never get to share your opinions on these airwaves? Did you want to share what QB you'd rather have? Um, it's it's difficult because I am a Bryce guy. I think I would go with Trevor just because I've seen more of him, and he come he came back from twenty seven points down in the playoffs. Like he has that it factor. We've seen him on the big stage perform at the highest level, but I think. They're going to be neck and neck over the next 10 to 15 years with their stats, production, and wins. Yeah, Gashouse Earl said, funny you guys are on the subject. I keep telling people that Trevor is the only QB in the last 10 years that I would have traded up to get, given up what we gave to get Bryce. And that's not hindsight. That's literally just seeing what he did in college and what I thought he would do in the NFL. And then 980 said, I'll just say this. If you look at Trevor Lawrence's career numbers in comparison to Mac Jones, all caps, not that much better easily. Bryce Young, that's Quay from Charlotte writing in. All right. So there's a couple of decision makers there between Trevor and Bryce Young. You got something? Uh, no, I just thought that that was interesting because when you get into the the stat comparison up against each other, that gets so – it lacks nuance in a lot of ways when you see yep. that because somebody did that with uh, Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady in their regular season record over their first few seasons as well. And somebody was like, well, put the playoff record in or put this in or put that in. So – that's wise. I mean, we we can watch Mac Jones. We can see what he's done. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, as you just uh, talked about and Fitty said as well, I mean, has taken his team to the playoffs, has come back in a big spot in a playoff game and won it. Mac Jones hasn't come close to that with arguably, well, with the greatest NFL coach of all time, in my opinion. Plus, I don't know exactly how true that is when you say Trevor Lawrence career numbers in comparison to Mac Jones, not that much better. I mean, I don't know. Rookie season was and bad. You say not that much better. Yeah, <laughs> they're still better. A rookie season, I just throw away because of one of the worst head coaching experiments I think that we've ever seen. And not to mention rookie years are rookie years. You know, you're not going to have uh, those numbers. But yeah, I mean, Mac Jones goes 22 and 13 the rookie year, but then he goes 14 and 11. And then this year he's 10 to 12. So uh, Trev is 12 to 17, 25 to 8. And this year, 19 to 12. He'll probably finish up with around 25 touchdowns probably 14 15 picks somewhere in that room. now now the interesting question comes in from patty daddy on the text line i will take bryce on a rookie deal compared to paying trevor lawrence 50 mil per year whatever that number looks like it's going to be a yeah. lot now that's the interesting convo i i pay trevor 
I'm just you I'm have to it. if I'm you're the Jaguars. It. My boy hit me up with that question uh, just this weekend, and he was like, "Yo, what would you do if you're the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence comes marching in there, wanting fifty million dollars?" But it's like you know, you get put in a position by these quarterbacks that if you've got one that you feel like you can win with consistently, you got to pay him. And like I said, I still think Jacksonville is another off season away from really supplying him with mm-hmm. everything he needs. All right, so let's go to the what. What is a key stat heading in to this weekend? I'll start with the what. Josh Allen has 13 and a half recorded sacks this season. When he records a sack in a game, there are only two games this entire year that he has one or less. So what that means is when he gets home, he gets home multiple times a game and he beats up on whomever is the guy trying to block him. He has a real chance to take away not only one, but multiple plays in this game. So hopefully Carolina is ready to go. Iki Aquanu, if Josh Allen is lining up right in front of you, we know how athletic he is. Seventh overall pick really has had a very, very nice season rushing the passer. And even overall, defensively, Josh Allen has been good. So that's my stat for you, Wes. 13 and a half sacks this season, but only in just two games when he's recorded a sack has he recorded less than one. He beats up on who, like he sees the matchup and it reminds me of the water boy where the kicker is looking for the guy that he wants to kick the onside kick to. And he says, Oh yeah, there's my bleep. Josh Allen just <laughs> continues to roll and roll and get home. And that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Can, can he just wreck this game because he gets in the backfield too often? He's certainly capable of doing that. And my stat, normally I don't like to break up the run and pass defense, but Jacksonville is averaging uh, 257 yards per game that they're allowing. And so uh, why do I bring that up? Because a lot of you out there still feel like Bryce, and obviously he has a long way to go, but a lot of people feel like that performance was indicative of the team he was playing against. Well, here's another team with a passing game that's ripe for the picking uh, for him to be able to go in there and do what he needs to do. And so if he comes out and plays well against them, I wonder what people will say then. Well, it was Jacksonville's defense, but this is a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. So they have plenty to play for and are going to be playing as hard as they can. Dynamic producer also has a key stat. What you got, Fitty? My stat, I got two of them. The the Jaguars are 0-4 in their last four games. And in the four-game losing streak, they're giving up 29.5 points per game. This defense is vulnerable, and this offense is ready to take the next step. This is a good week to do it. You see, he tried to one-up us right there, getting his two stats in to I won, huh? It's okay. That's that's how you get dynamic, Wes. It's competitive, (laughs) right? Whatever you do, I can do something better. You want one stat? I'll give you two. I do like at least the sense of competition. (laughs) The win on the game day dubs is this win Brian Burns gets home himself and posts a sack. It's been a little bit, Wes. It's been four (laughs) games. Four games since he brought a man down in that backfield at the quarterback position. I think the answer to this is yes. You have four QB sacked more than anyone in the league, and they're on Mount Sackmore, if you will. Sam Howe, Bryce Young, Zach Wilson, and Russell Wilson. Those guys are in a neighborhood all by themselves. Russell Wilson is last on that list, and he's been sacked 45 times. Bryce Young, Sam Howe, Zach Wilson, they're like in a different stratosphere. After those guys... A lot of the dudes are within a couple of each other, including Trevor Lawrence. You have a bunch of guys tied with being sacked 36 times, and then Lawrence is right there at 35. Mm -hmm. So they're in the top 10, and it's very similar once you get past Mount Sackmore. I just love saying it again. (laughs) I think this is the time. Cam Robinson, we're not sure if he's going to come back. He's actually been a pretty good pass protector. They really struggle when he's out, and I think you see it in the run game. You also see it in pass protection. So don't exactly know what's going to happen with their left tackle from Alabama. If he's in, 
I still think Brian Burns is a good enough pass rusher to get home there. It's been a while. Their O-line hasn't been good. I think the answer is yes to this question, Wes. I think we finally see him do it after a while. Uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm not 100% confident in saying it, but I'm going to say yes because the two tackles currently listed on their depth chart right now, Anton Harrison and Walker Little, uh, no relation to Walker Mail. Yeah, not too many first names. Yeah, that's right, you know? not too many of them. But uh, both of these guys are ranked in the 60s for tackles. So uh, these aren't, you know, this is not Orlando Pace and Eric Williams or somebody like that out there. So he should be able to make some plays on this unit, even though I know that they'll have their attention out for him. But Brian Burns is a guy, when you look at uh, his double team percentage, he doesn't see a ton of them. They got to do it to Derrick uh, Brown. Yeah, they definitely have to pay their attention to him. But 15% of the time, Brian Burns is double teamed. So if they're going to disrespect him, I would imagine he feels in his mind and just block him with one guy. Yeah, I mean, these aren't the greatest tackles. I'll answer your question with a question of my own. If not now, when? <laughs> that's dynamic right that there was. that's pretty wow. damn good let's just what a dismount yeah that's it from fitty let's just let's just move on cadence everything that I'm, was strong i'm gonna answer your question with a non-answer and just move on and transition let's go to the where uh where is the key matchup on the field in this game uh against the jags you want to go first on this one Wes? what kind of key matchup do you got for us uh definitely it's going to be josh allen going up against icky aquano uh when you look at what icky's done this year he's played a little bit better ball as of late but still had a really tough season and he's tasked with the assignment of blocking one of the best pass rushers uh, in all of football and so that's a worrisome matchup uh, Iquano has definitely had some some good players that he's gone against in the last few games but you know this is going to be one of the best that he's seen when you talk about a top five guy in the league in terms of sacks so he's got to be ready to go just because I don't want to say the same thing Wes did I'll go to the wide receivers versus the secondary. They got to make plays in 50 50. Panthers secondary is what you're saying? Or no, the Panthers wide receivers against okay. the Jacksonville secondary. They got to make plays on 50 50 balls. They did last week. It was a big reason why they had a chance to win the game. Yeah, I like that. Thank uh, you. My wear. <laughs> You're kind of on one today. I don't know. You just got a little, I don't know. You got a little spicy. It's yeah. not turned up to 10. It's like at a five, six spice level right now. I do kind of like it where I think the matchup is going to be Evan Ingram versus whoever's in coverage, Evan Ingram, linebackers, Frankie Louvu, Evan Ingram, Xavier Woods, maybe who are the safeties that might be coming down, whatever nickel, because since that Bengals game that they lost in overtime, Ingram caught 34 of 42 targets. That's an 81% catch rate for 300 yards, three touchdowns. That brings his season total to 98 catches from the tight end position on 820 yards and three touchdowns. So if you look at the 98 total catches this year, that's the most among tight ends in the league. His 824 yards is the fourth most at that position. So a lot of dink and dunks because I think the offensive line isn't good enough. Wide receivers aren't fast enough, despite Ridley being a good route runner. They're not fast enough getting downfield Miami Dolphins style. So he does have to get the football out of his hands. When he does that, he looks for his security blanket in Evan Ingram. And Wes, if you remember last year, Ingram not used a ton for the first like 10 games, but the last six games, that's when that connection really developed. And we didn't know if he was going to come back, but then there was the franchise tag. Eventually he signs with them. And so you're talking about Ingram being a huge part of this offense right now. And it was the same thing at the end of last season. Now you're going up against a Panthers team whose defense gives up the fourth least passing yards per game. So to me, you might think, okay, well, they defend the tight end position pretty well. They might defend their number one options. 
I think to me that actually makes me a little more scared that Ingram is going to get more involved because if they're defending well, I think of J.C. Horn being still a strong suit. I think of Xavier Woods on the back end helping out whoever gets past their guys, that being a strong suit. To me, that means Lawrence is going to have to try to get rid of the ball faster, look at the middle of the field. Luvu, I don't, he's not terrible in coverage. Maybe we have different opinions on that. I don't think he's terrible, but he's certainly not great. Mm-hmm. And Ingram is going to win those matchups. Ingram is a better tight end than Luvu is as a coverage linebacker. And so that is something Ingram's going to win. How often does he do it? And whoever is in coverage against him, that's my key matchup. Yeah. Can, can you slow him down? And if you do, I really like their chances if they're able to. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot about Frankie Luvu's game, but coverage, like you said, we 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 differ there. I mean, he's giving up 72% uh, reception percentage and a 105 uh, passer rating when he's targeted. So if I'm Trevor it's Lawrence, I'm definitely going to try to uh, find that matchup and exploit that. But the, the question is for Carolina is, yeah, the pass defense has been there, but a lot of the reason that it is there is because the run defense is 21st in the league. And so if you're Jacksonville, that's what I'm going to try to exploit first and foremost. And then I'm going to stick that ball in ETN's gut and pull it out if we're having success and go down the football field to where we've seen that there are big plays to be had on this defense if you're having success uh, rushing the football. So I think that will be Jacksonville's first order of operation to attack this Panthers defense. Well, the good news is they suck at running the football. And I love ETN. I think he's a good player. I think it's all because of that line. I mean, they've been awful. ETN's averaging 3.6 yards per carry. You look at their rushing success, their efficiency, it's going nowhere. And remember, they drafted Tank Bigsby to try to help them in short yardage situations. They tried that out for like the first two games of the season. Didn't work. He falls back to the third string running back spot. Dearness, Dearness Johnson pops up and he's not finding any more success as far as an efficiency standpoint goes. And so they're just not running it as well. I love ETN. I'd like to see them actually use him a little bit more as a wide receiver. I'd like to see them actually put him in the slot more and then just run wheel routes because wheel routes, us Madden players, we all know. It's the number one most unstoppable <laughs> route in the game. Um, but they just haven't been efficient. No matter how much I like the player, it just the line hasn't been good enough. Let's go to the final one. Why? Why do the Panthers win this game? Why do the Panthers have a chance to win this game, Wes? Uh, because they pick up from the success that they had last week and offensively are clicking on all cylinders. They're protecting Bryce Young at a rate in which they've rarely done this year, and they're running the ball with some success. I mean, Chuba Hubbard's averaging uh, 70 yards a game over his last five games, so that means that the offense is clicking on all cylinders, and then hopefully the defense can be better against the run, like you said. Each team, which one is going to show up? Is it going to be the Panthers defense, run defense that hasn't been so great? Or is it going to be Jacksonville's running game that hasn't been so great? One of the two. Something's got to give there. What you got, Fiddy? Uncle Moe's on their side. They, you know, they haven't lost four straight like Jacksonville. Their quarterback isn't saying they don't look like they haven't practiced in weeks. And, and it feels like they're as confident as they've been at any point in the year despite coming off a loss. It's because Bryce Young continues to beat up on a bad defense. If you look at Jacksonville, they're the eighth worst in total yards per game allowed. They're fourth worst in passing yards allowed per game. We just went over all the QBs that have gotten off on them. Joe Flacco, Jake Browning. Like those guys use that game as the starting point to continue what Fiddy calls Uncle Mo. And those QBs have been playing well here. Joe Flacco, while he's throwing interceptions, we see him last night, man. Like Joe Flacco is... Like good old Baltimore Joe Flacco again, except he's throwing downfield. Like he's letting that thing loose. And it all starts against Jacksonville. We've just seen it too many times. So I would love for that to continue. I would love for Bryce Young to be able to beat up on 
what people called Green Bay a bad defense. It's here too. Like Josh Allen is the guy that can wreck it, and there's a possibility there. I know Aluakon is a really good tackler, and so you know if you stay away from him, that's another guy. Like they're not void of talent all over the place, but we've seen this team get destroyed in the passing game a few times, especially in the last like five. They haven't figured it out really the last five games, and so I'm hoping they continue to not figure it out. We'll move on. Got plenty more to get to, but I believe Shroppy is going to make his second appearance of the day. Shrops, props, <laughs> Shroppies, proppies, whatever you prefer. It's coming up next on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Weston Walker, Back Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We got Shroppy in the house He's once more. Too. He is vibing. He likes this. Yeah. I know you're a Beats guy. Do you like this beat here, Shrop? I do. Tribe Called Quest? We'll learn you something today. It. Yeah, so I haven't heard it, but I love it. Get you all some Q-tip back in my day. <laughs> Get you all some Tribe. That good Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, man. He needs to learn something, Wes. Definitely does. I'm glad we're teaching him something here. <laughs> People forget, back in my day. I didn't know there was that. <laughs> what a drop. Oh, that either. Well, what a drop. Fiddy will surprise us with some of the sound bites. Well, that he you has. know, he records his stalks yep. and all kind of stuff. There's no telling what he's got in his archive. I, I like a little stalkiness with my producer, maybe just a little bit. It could be a little dangerous, though. If we get too famous, mm-hmm. you know, he could end up hitting. No, like, hell hey, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, I got this on you back here. Uh, won't you send me a little money and maybe it'll go away? I thought I saw some binoculars <laughs> behind the bushes the yeah. other day, mm-hmm. and I thought I saw little bald head retreat as soon as I looked that way. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just a little dicey. That's what I'm saying. Little dicey. He knows a little, a little too much about me. Um, we have Shroppy back. The people have been clamoring for more Shroppy, so we're going to give the people what they want. What I like about Shroppy coming in for today's proppies is the fact that he made a couple of them up, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, he was telling us everything that we were about to embark on, and Shrop, I was like, oh, okay, these are pretty good numbers. Fiddy was like, yeah, these are pretty good today. He said, thanks, I made up a couple of them. Oh, wow. And so Flounder Flout, helped, helped us out, and he found, I believe, the official mark on a couple that he made up. And so we'll see if the people like Shrop's line on shropbets.com or if we like a little bit more of what Vegas is saying. I think I won last time too, right? Because I got you the did. Hornets. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I got that so Hornets one at the, the Hornets end. kicker. Assist. I think mm. of, yeah, the Hornets yeah. kicker. So Walker's yeah. only up four to three now, so you have a chance to tie uh, this week. Uh, All right, just get stop, it. stop shaking those hands, man. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. You know what time it is. Shroppies, proppies. What right. you got, Shrop? So our first prop starts with Bryce Young. After a 300 
yard uh, passing performance, I was a bit shocked with how low this number was. 173 and a half passing yards for Bryce Young. So he's reached that mark in three of the last five games. The times he did not reach it, it was 137 against New Orleans. It was 167, so close, but still not over it against Atlanta. Certainly got over it with the 300-yard passing game performance. I don't think Vegas is quite catching up yet with a new somewhat style of offense. I think, look, I'm not impressed by the Jags defense. I think they've been downright awful. And this is a unit I believed in at the beginning of the season. But they've just been going worse and worse. And no matter what QB is there, they've not been able to stop them. I think Bryce goes over, and I feel pretty comfortable about it. Man, oh, as much as I want to say he's going to go over, that number just feels telling to me that they would pick such a low number after that performance he had. I'm going to go under. I just feel like... I'm just going to go with the old Vegas theory. I feel like they know something I don't. You think it's a little stinky. Yeah, I that feel like they know stanky. something I don't. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got Stanford P. You guys can play along with us. 704-570-9610. Stanford P saying the over okay. on 173.5 yards. That's an official line. we got a couple more official lines to go before we get to Shrop.com. What else you got, Shrop? Another one for the Panthers. Good old Adam Thielen. Uh, not reception yards this time. We're actually going for .5 Anytime touchdown. Wes, why don't you lead us off with your boy? Oh, Adam Thielen, .5, anytime touchdown. I'm going to go under. I'm mm-hmm. going to go under. I, I just feel like, like I said, with that Bryce Young total, I'm not sure that they come back and are as quite quite as explosive and quite as dynamic as they were Sunday. So I'm going to go with the under. It's been a while since he scored one. Yeah. Last time he scored a touchdown. Just like the last time he had over 100 yards, it was against Miami on the road. He had a touchdown oh, there. And when you're talking about the first six games, Thielen was going pretty crazy. Three games over 100 yards, four touchdowns in the first six games of the season. Has not scored a touchdown since. And look, I'm in a couple of streaks here today with Brian Burns finally getting a sack. I think Brian Burns is going to go over. I think Adam Thielen goes over. We'll change it again. Just like Evan Ingram is the guy Trevor Lawrence goes to when things start to get a little crazy, Adam Thielen is just that guy as well. So give me Bryce Young connecting with Adam Thielen in the end zone over, over Bryce and Adam. couple differences that we have already to start. All right. So this is our last official number uh, number here. This is for <laughs> Travis Etienne, 60 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to go under. I've seen ETN just be too inefficient, not because of his own fault. The pro football focus grade, it doesn't destroy him. He's had a, a fine enough year as a starting running back. I like him. They, they use him as this volume type back. And it's because they don't. I, I like Ernest Johnson as a backup, but it just hasn't been nearly as efficient, even against this rushing defense that allowed Aaron Jones to run all over him. Remember, Aaron Jones was able to break a lot more tackles. That's how he got his yards in this game against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. That's not the type of back ETN is. He can. But really, ETN is the guy that might juke you and then take it to the house. And I just don't think he's had enough space. Like, ETN was a guy, just fantasy football, I invested all in. Like, everybody was telling me not to draft him. I invested all in him. (laughs) And he was having a really nice year scoring a bunch of touchdowns. They kept using him as a volume back. But the last, I would say, six games or so, it's been a while there. They just haven't been able to get the ground game going. Despite Carolina being a little vulnerable up front in that regard, I'm still taking the under. I do not think ETN gets to six. 60. Okay, it's 60, right? Yep, 60 and All a right, half. So he was averaging 66 per game through the first 11 weeks. But over the last four weeks, he's only averaged 30.8 rushing yards. 
But I feel like something's got to give on that Carolina defense. And I think that the Packers kind of showed teams a little bit of a way to make some hay on them. Give me ETN uh, getting over 60 yards. Yeah, we All can't right. agree on anything. Yeah, I love right. it. Trying to win. <laughs> I'm not just picking it to win, too, but, you know, looking at a little bit of stuff. But I'm going to take ETN to go over. All right. And now for our first Shrop prop uh, made-up number here. Yeah, so this is the one that Shrop couldn't find a line on. We, we did get the official number, thanks to Flounder, but let's hit us with the Shrop.com line. Okay, Shrop.com, DJ Shark, 48 and a half reception yards. When he told us this, I thought it was a little high, you know, because Chark had over 90 yards receiving in this last game, but the two before that, it was 18 and 26, 56 before that, 34, 9, 23. Here in the 20s seems a little more right. I'm going to take the under on 48 and a half because of what the history has shown us. I'm going to go... I'm going to go over. I don't think by much. I just think that they're going to... Um, 48 and a half. Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to target him a little bit more because that's a team that drafted him. He played a lot of years there. So I think they're going to try to get him the ball. So I'll go with him to go over that total. Not by much, but I think he'll get over that total. All right. So the the official one from FanDuel, I believe, the official line is 23 and a half receiving yards. Dang. But the Strop one, it, look, it Strop's props, man. I'm not going to mess with that. The, the line is 48 and a half as far as we're concerned. So that's what we're playing for game purposes. But the official line is 23 and a half. How do you feel as a player, man, when you look at your props and they got you like 23 yards? How do you argue <laughs> with it? Like, I mean, I guess you could say what happened last game, but yeah, he's well, this, there's a reason as to why we were so happy that he did this because we ain't seen it all year long. Last one, Trout, what you got? Last one, Evan Ingram, six and a half receptions. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, I think that this Panthers pass defense is good, but I think the matchups that they can find for him uh, on backers, like we talked about, Louvre and some of those other guys, I think that Ingram will be their main guy in the pass game. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I mean, he's just getting targeted so much. In in the last four games, he's had nine receptions, 11 receptions, four, 10 against Tampa, a couple of double-digit target games. Uh, I I think Evan Ingram is going to get over that, and I think that's when, especially if Brian Burns, gets pressure on Trevor Lawrence, Derek Brown able to blow up who's ever trying to block him in the middle. I think Ingram is that guy that you look to first and foremost. And so I think he gets seven receptions is a lot. I mean, six and a half is a nice one here. I like this line a lot more. This one's tough, but I do think Ingram hits the over and uh, we got a lot of differences here for this one. Yeah. You guys uh, differ on four out of the five selections. So here we go. It's going to be a battle. All right. So we have two more games of this with the Panthers regular season still uh, against Jags and then the Bucks. And then we'll see who's able to win Shrop's props. Thanks to Shrop hopping back into the studio. We'll Thank see you. who wins on Monday and we will continue on. Maybe talk a little more about the college game coming up. It's the campus corner. We'll give you an ACC bowl update and give you our college football playoff predictions. It's all still to come. Two more hours to go. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.